Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast, a Canadian real estate podcast that shows you how to pay off your mortgage sooner and live well while doing it. Now, here's your host, Sean Cooper. Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. I'm Sean Cooper, and it's great to be back for another episode. On today's show, I'll be talking to Kay Kiovon Fett. Kay's episode is the latest in a series of podcast shows on women in real estate. In the coming weeks, I'll be interviewing successful female real estate investors to help encourage and inspire more women to get into real estate. Kay is the owner of Wise Penny Saver, learning how to save money and make more money changed Kay's life. It allowed her to pay off a $260,000 mortgage in three years, start her home business, and put her on the path to financial independence. In my interview with Kay, we discuss investing in real estate as a single woman, the important role of real estate mentors and living a minimalist lifestyle. Without further ado, here's my interview with Kay. Hi, Kay. How are you doing today? Hi, Sean. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great as well. Looking forward to chatting today about real estate. Me too. Awesome. Well, let's get started. Can you tell us what it's like investing in real estate as a single woman? I absolutely love real estate. I think it is a great vehicle to build wealth. And as a woman, I'm really excited to be in this industry as an investor because not very many women are in this industry. And I started after graduating college several, several years ago. Back in 04, not very many women, I wouldn't see very many women at meetups or buying real estate. And in the last couple of years, a lot more uh, women have joined the industry. So um, I'm really, I love working um, with other women in this industry. And I think one of the key successes that I've had as a, as a single woman is is to continue to learn from others and find great mentors because real estate is, like I said, one of my favorite tools to use to leverage and build wealth. Yeah, and you said a couple interesting things about having a mentor. How are you able to find your mentor and how has your mentor helped you in your real estate journey? All of my mentors have just come naturally. Either I would find, I would just click with somebody at a meetup or if I look them up on LinkedIn and I see their profile and I'm just naturally chatting with somebody, I normally just build a relationship. And then once that relationship is built and we have a good connection and we talk about real estate and I then further ask if they could be my mentor. And at that point, you know, we've talked about real estate met up 
so many times you've gotten to know each other, it just kind of ha- naturally progresses into that mentorship. And then we meet for one-on-ones. And I would say those have been so valuable to me because I run numbers through them. And a lot of times they say no. And sometimes I think it's a great deal and they say no. So it's nice to have that second set of eyes to look at real estate deals. And they've been through, I, I typically select mentors who've been you know, through the process and have a lot of real estate themselves. So they are just a big wealth of knowledge that um, I get to learn from. So that's how I've been able to to get mentors. There are other ways to do and find mentors, but for me, I I like I like the, the more natural approach. And you mentioned something else interesting as well: the fact that more women are getting into real estate. Perhaps you could tell me about what the challenges women face when investing in real estate and perhaps what has encouraged more women to get into real estate today as opposed to perhaps five, 10 years ago. Yeah, I think for me personally, I get stuck in analysis paralysis. Even though my family has rental properties and I've helped manage those rental properties, I still get scared about the financing. I still get scared about the tenants and having to deal with them. I still get scared of maintenance. So I think part of it naturally, like men seem a lot, you know, just like in construction, there's a lot more men who probably thrive in, in, in that sort of situation. Um, but for me, it's I've had to overcome a lot of that and just through practice really scaled my portfolio. So I think now more women are getting into it. And I have a friend of mine and she, she has been in real estate for, gosh, I don't know, maybe over 30 or 40 years. And when she started, there was even fewer uh, women in the industry. So I think it's just now become more popular and mainstream and there's a lot more podcasts and things over the internet that um, there's more information that uh, people can, can research and have more confidence and be more comfortable about investing just in general um, because of the internet and social media and podcasts. No, that's great to hear that more women are getting into the real estate industry and that's why I'm doing a series of blogcasts called Women in Real Estate with successful women investors such as yourself. So hopefully in five or 10 years from now, we have even more women investing in real estate. Certainly, I think it's real estate's a good way to build wealth, whether you're a guy or a girl. Right, absolutely. Can you tell us why did you choose to invest in real estate and what's your long-term strategy? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll share a story about my my very first property. I came out of college uh, in 04, and right away, I wanted to purchase my own place and have my own place. And at that time, a college kid who just started working, (laughs) um, I didn't have very much money. And I was able to secure a, a, do a zero down and, and get into the condo uh, that I wanted for pretty much zero down, except for some uh, fees. Fast forward 10 years later, 
I've had that condo. I've rented it out. I've made money, monthly income on it. And then after selling it, I made over a hundred thousand dollars on the condo. Wow. So yeah, it, I mean, if you could, if you just think about that. I mean, college kid or a kid that just came out of college, didn't have any money. You know, I, I bought this condo because I wanted a place of my own and kept it, rented it out and sold it in 10 years. And now, and and I didn't have to have too much maintenance on it, but you know, you, I, there's still some upkeep. But where can you get that kind of money? <laughs> and for me, it was it was my very first transaction, and I was blown away by it. And so from there, that's how I've just started building my portfolio because I knew with real estate that those sort of possibilities, you know, could could come true and it did come true for me. So that's why I've built my portfolio of real estate. And that's why I really like real estate is because you really get to leverage, especially in appreciating market, you know, you sell, you sell a piece of property, you can make quite a bit of money. And understand that you also have invested in a multifamily units. Can you tell us a bit about that and your success there? Right. And that, and that's, I've always bought property for long-term investment. I'm not a fix and flip investor. Um, I buy multifamilies and I hold them for long-term. My, like I said earlier, my, my family has some multifamily units. And so um, I've always liked multifamily. I'm comfortable with multifamilies. Um, I've managed multifamilies for my parents, with my parents. So that's just kind of been my natural progression is multifamilies. And so I currently have a fourplex that I own. I don't manage it myself, however, but I really like fourplexes. And I'm actually putting in an offer uh, or looking to put in an offer for another fourplex here uh, in the next couple of days. So cross your fingers. (laughs) That's exciting. Hopefully you'll have the property by the time the podcast airs. Oh, that'll be nice. <laughs> um, and this year, I want one of my goals is to buy a commercial property. So that, that's the next step for me is after my fourplexes, then maybe like a ten or twelve unit. And I just like, I just like I said, I like multifamily. I'm comfortable with it, and I'm I'm in it for the long term. So I buy properties to rent out and keep as part of my retirement portfolio. And then I also have an Airbnb, and this has just been recent that I started my Airbnb, and it's been so much fun. I would love to include a few more Airbnbs uh, into my portfolio as well. It's been very successful, and I keep saying that I'm going to have a mortgage burning party, but I my place keeps getting full <laughs> and, <laughs> and and booked. So like I keep pushing out my date, and then I think I told you last week I'm just going to have to find a different venue because I don't think I'm going to have a free weekend because I've been saying that I'm going to have a party for the last couple of months, and uh, I just keep getting booked, which is a good thing. So like I said, that's a, that's that's a new thing that I, I started uh, like 
two years ago, and I've had good success, and I'd like to also include in my portfolio, and I really, really like that strategy. No, that that's great to hear, and congrats on your success there. Now, my understanding is that you do some house hacking yourself. Can you tell the listeners that may not know what house hacking is and how you've been utilizing that strategy? House hacking is great. I actually house hack, well, house hacking is pretty much like when you live in a house and you have roommates. That's what I did to help me pay off my mortgage in three years. I bought a house, I rented out the rooms and collected rent to help me pay my mortgage, pay my bills. And essentially I was living for free, but paying light, water, sewer, cable bills. That was pretty much my expense. So it's a pretty good way to increase your income if you have the ability to rent out your rooms in your house. Or a lot of people now, they're purchasing homes with a mother-in-law unit. Definitely. Or you could buy a single-family home and then live in the basement, similar to what I've done. So certainly, I think if you're more creative and you really look for every extra way to earn extra income from your property, that's how you can get to that mortgage freedom date even sooner. Right. And that was one of my goals was to pay off my mortgage. And I did, like what you said, I found different creative ways to pay off my mortgage as soon as I can. And one of the best ways was house hack. Great. And we'll go over some of the other creative ways in a couple questions from now. But first, I understand that you're a big fan of Dave Ramsey, similar to myself. What are your thoughts on Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps to financial freedom? I think Dave Ramsey baby steps are spot on. I really like the way that he's able to put together these simple steps because I was already doing these steps that he has laid out. So he has, he's all about paying off debt and being debt free. And he talks about his first step paying off or or saving and having an emergency fund of a thousand dollars. And then you go through six more steps to get to step number seven, which is build wealth and give. And I think he outlines it very well. He talks about paying off debt, saving three to six months. He talks about paying off your home. And I actually, like I said, started this process. And a few years ago, I found his Financial Peace University course and I took it and I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. He has it written down, organized in seven simple steps and it's easy to follow. So I really like his method. The only the only thing for me is when I invest, I do take out loans. That's probably one of the differences or one of the things that I don't follow his strategy on is investing. I invest in real estate, I buy property, but I do take out loans for those. So the only I'm debt free. The only loans that I have are my investment real estate loans. Has Dave invited you to be on his show and do your debt-free scream? I had the pleasure of being able to do that when he invited me on, but have you had the opportunity to do that? (laughs) 
No, I'm still waiting, Dave Ramsey. I'm still waiting for that call. <laughs> Gosh, well, hopefully his producer by chance is listening to our podcast. You never know. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Um, I would love to go down there and do my debt-free stream. <laughs> awesome. Well, we alluded to it earlier, but could you tell us a bit about what you do for Side Hustle and what are some other creative ways to make extra money? When I started getting serious about paying off my mortgage, I Googled everything about side hustling. And some of the things that I've done that I really enjoy that I think can anybody can really do. It's super simple, super easy. And I would highly recommend if you're looking to make some extra cash, the first thing is to sell the stuff you don't need. I sold a lot of different appliances and household items. I've sold shampoo, extra shampoo that I had around the house just anything that I can get my hands on. I made quite a bit of money on it. I mean, these were things that were lying in my house that was just sitting there. So I sold stuff on eBay. I sold stuff on Craigslist. I sold stuff on Facebook. Facebook is my my favorite uh, app that I use. It's super easy. And I think if you're looking to find extra income, that's a good place to start. And then I've also done notary work. I'm a notary. I can do signings. And then I've also started a blog. It's been super exciting because there's so much that um, is out there on the internet. I mean, anything is really possible. And as long as you stick to it, with some of the money that I received in one month, I was even blown away. <laughs> by how much I made. I mean, it, it all just adds up. I remember one month, I think I made two grand on my uh, notary signings. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Wow, that's amazing. And you're managing all the rental properties, doing that side hustle, and you're working a full-time job, correct? Yes, that's a good point. Yes, I, I work a full-time job. And um, I'm doing this after hours. I'm doing this on the weekends. And like I said, uh, from one side hustle, I made 2000 The most that I made with my notary has been so far $2,000 in one month. I guess it's that thought of financial freedom that really motivates you to work that hard, correct? It, it Absolutely. It's having the freedom to be able to travel and do what I want to do and and time with my family. That's all really important to me. That's why goal setting is, I find it so powerful and it's great to hear that you've been able to use it to your benefit as well. Yeah. And I have to admit, um, when I was doing my research about side hustles and paying off mortgages, I came upon your YouTube video and that was a huge motivator for me. I think I sent you a note. I was so thrilled. I'm like, how does this guy in Canada pay off his mortgage in three years? <laughs> and I didn't think it was possible. And so I saw your YouTube video and then I started my own journey. And I'm here to say it's definitely possible. 
yeah, we're, it, we're, it takes a lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah, we're both definitely living proof. And that leads us to perfectly into my next question for you. So as you mentioned, you paid off your mortgage as well. Why did you pay it off so quickly uh, to sit on so much equity in the property? Because some people argue that you'd be better off investing the money and perhaps earning a higher rate of return. But why did you want to be mortgage-free so much sooner rather than perhaps investing? That's a great question. And it, it ties back to the first question, being a single woman investing in real estate. For me, it was not only to have financial freedom, but to have financial peace to have a peace of mind that I have a good foundation. And I knew that if I had a home that was free and clear, and if anything financially were to, to happen and things were to go downhill, and I knew that I could have one reliable source that I can go to, and that is a home that is paid for. And that sense of security for me was what made my choice to pay off my home. And yes, everybody's journey is different, but that was for me the main reason, one of the main reasons why I paid off my home. And yes, I could have taken that money easily and reinvest in another property, which I'm actually looking to purchase another property. So it's more about having that financial peace of mind and um, having gone through and saved so much money, I know that I can save that amount and invest into another property. And I'm okay with that, but it takes me a little bit longer. So that's why I've decided to pay off my home. Yeah, and having that much equity in your property, like you said, you could tap into that equity and use that for another property. So there's an advantage right there if you choose to do that, which it looks like you're doing. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, right. I can I can do that or I can you know, I can I can just sit on it and not have to worry about it. So there's there's so many possibilities. Now, I understand that you've chosen to live a minimalist lifestyle. Why did you choose to live this lifestyle and what have you given up? Uh, and for the listeners that might not be familiar, could you define minimalist, please? Minimalist is a lifestyle of simplicity, not having clutter, not having extra stuff that you don't need. And to be honest with you, I never started this journey saying that I would ever become a minimalist. It really just happened uh, and unfolded as I began my debt-free journey and to pay off my home. And as I was selling my stuff on Facebook, I started, you know, I gave a, a ton of stuff away. I just started decluttering and I budget every month and I look through and see what things that I can give up so that I can cut my expenses like cable and going out to eat and meal prepping and not buying the sh you know shoes or purses that I don't need and this lifestyle really just came part of the just became part of the journey and so it's a lifestyle that is so freeing having less 
um, has been so rewarding and having a simple life and a decluttered life is absolutely worth it. And like I said, it, it really evolved as I started my debt-free journey and it's been pretty awesome because I never, if you were to ask me 10 years ago, you know, would you be able to live a minimalist lifestyle? I would say, no, are you kidding me? I want all, you know, I I love my shoes (laughs) and I love my purses way too much. But my perspective has changed significantly, obviously, as I've been through this journey. And it's been pretty incredible. Okay. Thank you for sharing your story. It's been great having you on the show today. Before I let you go, is there anything of interest that you're working on that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. I started a blog called wisepennysaver.com. And I have a free ebook. If you go there, you can email me and check out my blog. And if you have any questions, feel free to email me directly and I'll respond. Awesome. Well, great. Thanks again for being on the show. It was wonderful to have you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Burn Your Mortgage podcast. Besides being a podcast host, I'm also an independent mortgage broker. If you or anyone you know, family, friends, co-workers, or neighbors could ever use any unbiased mortgage advice or a second opinion, feel free to reach out. Email me at sean, that's S-E-A-N, at burnyourmortgage.ca or call or text me at 647-867-3711 for a free mortgage consultation. Also, be sure to head on over to www.burnyourmortgage.ca and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. As a small token of my appreciation, you'll be able to download my ultimate mortgage checklist on choosing the perfect mortgage. I look forward to hearing from you and helping you with all your mortgage needs. Once again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. Until next time, happy mortgage burning.